Welcome to the Love Good Podcast brought to you by our patrons, where you learn how to love what is good and become what you love. This is Jimmy Mitchell, your host. Join me each week as I sit down with artists and thought leaders to chat about music, culture, and the art of being human. We're more than a subscription company. Love Good is a movement of artists, patrons, and young people who believe in the power of beauty to change the world. And we're so pumped you're here. Hey, thanks so much for tuning in to the Love Good Podcast, everybody. I'm really excited about today's episode, and it's not kind of my typical, oh, wow, this artist is amazing, or wow, like this conversation blew my mind. All I can say is the reason I'm excited to be sitting down with Jeremy Casella today is I felt like I met a brother. Only a couple of months ago, we met at an event here in Nashville called Hutchmoot, and see, the funny thing is he's he's really good friends with Sandra McCracken and Andrew Peterson, a lot of the other artists that we've been coming alongside over these last few months. And when I got to spend some time with Sandra, you know, she was on just two episodes ago. She, she said, Jimmy, you and Jeremy are in fact like brothers. And that was when I realized in that moment why I love this guy so much. He's got a brand new album out called Spirit. It's one that has already been a source of real joy and consolation in my own life. Like it's an album very much about comfort. And it's an album that has come out of a lot of his own personal suffering and transformation. And so our conversation today is one that, you know, circles around faith, circles around prayer, artistry, contemplation, silence, solitude. I kind of felt like, you know, I was just sitting down with someone I've known for 20 years, but in fact, I've only known him for two months. So anyways, this is going to be a really beautiful conversation. One that's really going to bless you as I know it's already blessed me. So yeah, hang tight. I'll be back in just a few moments with Jeremy Casella. Well, I was kneeling when the whistle blew, a premonition and a heavy when we caught us a breeze through the tunnel of trees Neath the silver of the harp of the moon And we were carried in the Spirit's power In the glory of the golden hour Lying crippled and bruised, betrayed and accused I was moving but I didn't know how Bring we the poor in spirit Lord Jesus Christ, have mercy Welcome to the Love Good Studio, Jeremy. How Thank you, doing? you. I'm great. Great. Great to be here. Thanks a ton for making this happen. Obviously, we, we've only known each other for about a month now. Yeah. And right. uh, it's a great privilege to have you now, you know, sort of in the Love Good universe. Oh, thank uh, you. We've got a really exciting announcement here in a few moments about, you know, an, an album that has just come out on Friday. Right. Um, we want to talk all about that. I know you've been in and around Nashville for a long time. Did you grow up around here? No, I came here in 96, 1996, okay. which is a long time ago. Not now. quite a native, but you're a local at this point. Oh yeah. I mean, my kids have all been born here and it's definitely home, but I, I'm from Pennsylvania originally, the Pittsburgh area. That's cool. And But I've been here since 1996. That's cool. Yeah. And I know we've got a mutual friend, Andrew Peterson, and probably a handful of others that we mm-hmm. haven't even identified yet. Um, and I don't only do this maybe every handful of episodes, but I feel like it's an important way to get to know somebody. Sure. So I'm going I'm to put you on the hot seat here. Do it. This is a question you've probably heard before. You've got a full day lined up with coffee, meals, 
cups of afternoon tea, mm. a glass of scotch or, or a, a pipe, whatever it is, you get to have a really intimate hour and a half with five very historically important people, oh. current celebrities, uh, heroes in your life, yeah. heroes in, in America, heroes in the church. Yeah. Who would those five people oh, be? Oh man, living or dead? Anything. Oh, okay, definitely Lewis, C.S. Lewis, yeah. who I just think is a fascinating guy to me. Yeah. Bono. Nice. I'd like to probably Chesterton. I mean, I know there's a painting of him here, but yeah, um, I love him. I, I'm a big, I've been really influenced by him quite a bit in a quiet way. I just really would love to talk with him. The Lord, Jesus yeah, would be obviously that's probably Duh. the, yeah, you know <laughs> what I mean? And then uh, I'm, a, I'm a history guy. I love American history specifically. So yeah. I'd probably love to sit down with, if I had to choose between Ben Franklin and Thomas Jefferson, probably be a tough call. Probably Thomas Jefferson. That's cool, man. Who I think was a very complex dude, had a lot of issues, however, completely brilliant and so many layers of stuff going on there. I'd just love to spend some time with him. So, so we'll just dive into <laughs> Chesterton for a moment here. Yeah. Let's say you have to lead the conversation. You, you have to sort of navigate the, the topics that are mm. coming up for an hour and a half. Where, where would you start? Where would you go? Where would you hope it lands? I would want to know his take on the church in the world currently. Yeah. I think that he, he was such an apologist for the church in the Christian faith more than anything. I'd love to hear his thoughts on the current cultural, yeah. you know, malaise. Mm. One of how, my favorite nicknames for him is the apostle of common sense. Right. The prophet of mirth, prophet of girth. I mean, he's got yeah. a lot. Joy. Joy. You know, joy. joy. I mean, that guy, <laughs> there's a really cool book on him that Kevin, I think it's Belmonte is how you say his cool. last name, wrote and a biography in, I uh, listened to it on audiobook last year while I was driving through Appalachia yeah. on my way to some shows. And it was so good. I listened to it twice. He's just fascinating. Yeah. And I've read a number of his books. And That's amazing. Really, yeah, really he's a huge hero of mine. So I'm, I'm, I'm cool. glad. Yeah, fact, I love I think all five would be very similar. Yeah. There might be a little bit of yeah. distinction there. But yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. <laughs> okay, last question. It says we're getting to know Jeremy Casella here. Yeah, okay, you can wake up tomorrow morning in any era, any generation, any country. Yeah, let's go in the last 1,500 years. We're going to okay. hone it in a little bit. Okay. Where would you want to wake up for a day? France. Yeah. I love France. I have like French Revolution time period? Oh. When, when would you be showing oh, up in France? I mean, anytime. France is amazing. Yeah. I, I'd, I'd say Ireland. I mean, it's just so hard to choose. Yeah, modern and, day though, you think? Yeah, or, oh yeah. yeah cool. I mean, I, I or, or I could go to England during the during the Second World War. Yeah, can you imagine? Yeah, and just the fact that those Inkling guys, you know, wrote a lot of what they did between those wars and during. And yeah. I just think it's World War One, World War Two, and just how that all impacted all those guys. And I was thinking, because you asked me that question, I was thinking about my five guys I just answered, and I thought, well, why didn't I say all of the Inkling guys? Yeah, because yeah. that would be the most epic hang ever. <laughs> can you to just To just listen. I don't even really say anything. I know. So anyway, yeah, sorry. I was distracted by your first question. <laughs> and generally, wherever I go, I'm just kind of happy to be there. That's so cool. it's kind of hard for me to choose a time period I'd want to live in, you know? That's cool. Um, I'm a curious guy. I'm kind of like always taking things in, so. Which I think is not an easy thing in today's world to be curious, to be present. Hmm. I think most of us are pretty bored and, and pretty distracted, ironically. Yeah, you know? I'm, I can definitely fall into that category. 
yeah. pretty easily. I hear you. There can't be much room for boredom, though, when you've got a 20-year music career under your belt, five kids. Right. You've been married for how long? Well, my wife and I have been married three years. Amazing, yeah. Yeah, and she was a widow before we were married. Oh, wow. And had three kids, so... And uh, I went through a really painful divorce about six years ago. Mm. And so all five of our kids live with us. And so we, we've been a big, big blended Brady Bunch for yeah. three years. So it's the oldest to the youngest. What's the range? Yeah. So the oldest is 23, yeah. 21, 18, 13, and 10. Oh, man. Plenty to keep you on your toes right yeah, there. We have a full dance card yeah. every day. That's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. So where did music start for you? Is this something that you were sort of born and bred with or was it a later in life discovery? Well, I was, I've always loved music. When I was a kid, I always gravitated towards songs on the radio. And when I was in fifth grade, I started to learn how to play the guitar. Mm-hmm. I went to Catholic schools growing up in Pittsburgh and there was a an offering for, this, for students to learn an instrument and I chose the guitar. And acoustic guitar has been my thing ever since then. My family's musical, but that wasn't really something that was, you know, focused on or celebrated much in the house. My dad's a doctor and my mom was a physical therapist. And, but there is a lot of musicality, so to speak, in my family, particularly on my dad's side. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm the oldest of four boys, nice. now men. I'm 43. My brothers are certainly not boys. But I'm the, I'm the, of, the, of the four of us, I'm the oldest and I'm the only like artists of, of the bunch. Wow. I got a couple of attorneys and a couple of doctor and, a, and a, an attorney and a real commercial real estate guy. Yeah. My brother's work. And then my other brother, I have a half brother who is wonderful, lives in Florida and he is a uh, contractor and does a lot of sales around that. So so the artist life, the writing life is is something that I think it was deep inside of me that I grew to embrace slowly over time with yeah. much fear and trepidation as it goes, you know, but it, that was the right call. Was that tough at times? Were, were you going against the grain, going against parents' expectations, things like that? Or was it, was well, it my parents, smooth? Yeah, my parents have always been supportive. Um, I think for me, is more of an internal thing that yeah. like music always felt like this irresponsible thing to do. Yeah, which unpredictable. Is, I mean, come yeah, on. Yeah, right. I mean, what is that? You play music, you know? Yeah. I mean, I love what Rich Mullins said, you know, music doesn't really, you know, feed you, doesn't clothe you, doesn't put, you know, it's not like a blanket you can wrap yourself around or heat your house with it, but your life wouldn't be worth much without it. Yeah. And I think that's really true. But it just came, took me a while to, to really own all of that for myself. Mm. That was mostly in me and nobody else. Yeah. You know? So I'm really glad you brought up Rich Mullins. Uh, we met obviously at Hutchmoot, not a conference, a feast here in yeah. Nashville <laughs> right. about a month ago. Yeah. And we were surrounded by a lot of other artists, intellectuals, just sincere Christians seeking beauty, depth, and mm-hmm. just like real purpose in their lives. I, I was yeah. just so moved by every individual person I met and their own little story. That it's I, amazing. Yeah, got, yeah. A, got a hold of. It and is amazing. So I think the first time I heard you play was the night before we actually met, which was Autumn in Kingston Springs. Right. At that point that I, I really want to meet this guy at some oh, point yes. before the weekend comes to an end. The next morning, I then saw you at the Rich Mullins workshop right. that Andrew Peterson was doing. Right, Is Rich kind of in that George McDonald category for you when you think about, hey, there's somebody, maybe even Chesterton too, who is hugely influential in Lewis, but I don't think they ever met. They, they right. wouldn't have crossed over. Sure, Was Rich someone that you knew before he had passed? Is he kind of in that category of big influences that you wish were still around? Yeah, Rich was a huge influence, you know, still is in a lot of ways. And uh, even before we started recording, we were praying, you know, 
I was just thinking while we were praying, like what a neat thing that he's been gone for 20 plus years. Yeah. And here we are talking. And one of the reasons we met was a workshop about his music. Yeah. I mean, he just keeps giving gifts. Yeah. I, I did meet him a number of times and spoke with him a number of times. I was a kid. I was wow. 16, you know, and then I was uh, in my early 20s. I met him in, in Ohio. I met him in Indiana. Really, he was always kind to me, but it was like in passing, you know, mm. we, I didn't know him really other than that. So, yeah. but huge influence. And, you know, as I've gotten older, I think Rich is it's much more than his music, which is certainly, you know, very good and, and great even. It's his life, kind of what he did with his life yeah. that really inspires me. Yeah. Know? And this is sort of what I'm picking up on as I'm getting to know you and your music is there's so much more than just great songwriting behind this new album. There's so much more than, oh, thank you. you know, just great storytelling. Like I, and maybe it's because we met before I listened to the new album, hmm. you know, but you take me on a journey from hmm. track one to track nine, track 10. Yeah, nine, right. Nine, which is a great number for an album. You know, you know? it's funny you say that I because that. I totally Googled like, can I do this? <laughs> And one of my best friends, Andrew Osingo, who's an A&R guy here in town now, yeah. he said, dude, eight songs is a record now. Don't even worry about it's it. It's true. I was like, for real? Yeah. And he goes, just look around. And I, mean, I did. And it's true. You're basically overachieving with nine. So, babe, you know? so, you know, nine nine songs, you know, yeah, it's a, it's a nine song record. Yeah. So, I'm I'm still just sort of wrapping my own head and my own heart around you and and your career and, and, and music that you've obviously been working on, writing, releasing mm-hmm. now for, for two decades. Tell us a little bit about Spirit. What's even been the journey of six albums and an EP up until this point and what makes this album unique? Gosh, uh, thank you. So Spirit is the follow, well, not really a follow-up record, but it's the next record in line after an album I did called Death in Reverse, Mm. which that album I released in 2014 and it's all about resurrection and renewal and how Christ's resurrection was not just a physical, res- sorry, a spiritual resurrection, but also a physical one as well. And it's just the implications this book unpacks in a really joyful way. Mm. The implications of Jesus's resurrection for our lives, our lives here today. So the whole idea of that album was to try to think about ways in which the already and the not yet, the, the resurrection of Christ, you know, having already happened, which is what Christians believe, and I'm certainly in that camp. Contrasting that with the not yet, the the groaning and the waiting for the ultimate renewal of everything. Yeah, and so there's this leaning forward that happens. I think where you're kind of anticipating more and more and more goodness, truth, and beauty coming into your life and in the world around you. And the irony of that was, while I was working on all of that, those songs in that album, my marriage fell apart during mm. that time, which was just a tragic shock to me. I I didn't see any of that coming and. And so while I was finishing that album, you know, I got to the end of that and I was just physically, spiritually, emotionally, every kind of way depleted, just exhausted. And during that time, I turned to the Lord in a way that I'd never turned to the Lord in the meaning. I was certainly a believer, but I had never been in so much pain and I never turned to the Lord for comfort in the way that I was being made to at that point point. Utter necessity. Oh man. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I, let me just to give you a 30,000 foot view. I, I lost 27 pounds. I was, I mean, there's not, I don't have a lot here to lose. Wow. I was terrified, you know, for my children. I was terrified for, I was just in a terrible place. I was in, in utter shock. And mm. it was a kind of like repeated shock for about nine months there. And during that course of time, 
I just kind of watched everything that I had built in my life and everything that I had taken as my identity as a songwriter, as an artist, as a guy involved in the church and small groups and our family and as a father and a husband, all that just blew up in my face, just Mm. entirely blew up in my face. And so I just, I turned to God, I turned to God and just with this completely empty hand of need. And the Lord met me in such a powerful, personal way that it changed my life. I mean, completely changed my relationship with him. Mm. It took everything to a hyper-personal nearness and presence that really shook me in the best way. Yeah. And so that was six years ago. And I, for the spirit, for this record, Spirit, it's basically nine songs of me meditating in various different ways as a songwriter on God's presence, his goodness, his faithfulness, his kindness, his nearness. Yeah his comfort. I mean, just in the way he keeps his promises, it was amazing, man. I can't even tell you. And it still is to me. And it radically changed my life, radically redefined my life, radically changed my faith and my walk with, with Christ. Mm. And so, and he's rebuilt me since then. Yeah. And so spirit is really rooted in a lot of experiences that I had with the Lord, where he comforted me, yeah. where he spoke to me through the scripture and even in just into my spirit with just words of, of comfort and words of, of kindness. That's a, more than anything. It's a record that's just trying to reconcile God's kindness to me. Yeah. Uh, it's an, it's, I'm astonished by it and I'm, I'm thankful for it. And so, you know, that's what this new album is all about. It's about the Holy Spirit, the comforter, the God who is there, as Francis Schaeffer talks about, you know, he's present, he is not far off mm. and he's not silent. Yeah. He's here. And so that's where, that's where my life has sort of taken root in the last six years and dramatic shift. So that, that's kind of the 30,000 foot view. And that's exactly what my experience was in listening to the album for the first time. Oh. I, I felt like I was encountering that comfort and I'm that so consolation glad. and that's that so cool. hope and that longing. We'll be back in just a moment with Jeremy Casella. All right, everybody, we're going to talk about it towards the end of this conversation, but I want you to go to Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon, wherever you get your music, all right, and go save, stream, listen, and share this brand new project from Jeremy Casella. Again, it's called Spirit. His last name is spelled C-A-S-E-L-L-A, okay? But there'll be some links in the episode notes of this podcast as well. And again, let this album be a blessing to you as it already has been to me. It's only been out for just over a week. And so you're probably one of the first people to hear it apart from his fans who have been very much following his career now for 20 years. This is our chance to get on board, to rally around Jeremy and to be a part of really what the Lord is doing in his heart, in his life, and to uh, just simply allow that to spill over into ours as well. So I know there's a lot of different music you could be streaming out there. Today is your day to go check out Jeremy Casella. What wonderful timing right before Christmas for this album to be releasing Mm. too, because 
you know, what time of the year are we all better reminded than at Christmas that God is close? Yeah. And Advent while we're waiting. That's exactly right. Yeah. And, and leaning oh. forward for that. Yeah. And I need to be reminded of that. Like right. I'm in a season right now where there's a lot more like darkness, confusion, even like sadness that I can't put a, a, a word to. I can't uh, explain it. Right. You know, it's, it's just sort of totally. realizing my neediness, right. my dependency, my nothingness yeah. basically without God. Yeah. Right. And your album just is a huge consolation to me in a, in a season that very much feels like what it's what you've come out of in being able to write those songs. Oh, well, you know, thank you. I, <laughs> it's just been a journey and, you know, a real journey. It, it, the other word that comes to mind is integrity. You know, like a lot of people, wow. their work, whatever that looks like, is sort of tinged with ulterior motives or it's tinged with, you know, the desire to succeed or take the next step in a career. And I would imagine in the world of music, even the world of Christian music, there's a temptation to write the next radio hit, to write the next song that's going to get cut by whoever, Lauren Daigle for now, you know, <laughs> Chris Tomlin five years ago, Michael W. Smith 20 years ago, you know, and the word integrity stands out to me because every one of these songs feels so deeply personal oh, wow. and invitational, <laughs> but not at all commercial. And yet they've got like, you know, the acoustic guitar and the, the string quartet carrying it in a way that is, I mean, it's just, I just want you to know that, that it's means been a huge blessing to me. to me already. I'm so glad. Yeah. Thank you so much, man. We worked really hard on trying to leave a lot of space on the album in the, in the music because I wanted there to be almost to use space intentionally yeah. to let the listener sort of like have some, have a place to sit. I love that. And take it in. Yeah. And that was really anti my default. Like I, I'm typically the guy who wants to put, and this is, I think now, because <laughs> I learned so much on this record, it's sort of a, a sin really <laughs> to like just layer and layer and layer and yeah. layer. Yeah, overproduce. Yeah, yeah. And just put, just take up space. It kind of, and it distracts from the vocal, which you know, that helps you, but by not helping you, basically, it doesn't serve the listener. So I don't know. I think like that's really good to hear. And at the same time, well, I'll say, so we did this and I thought this is really bare and really naked. We put the strings on it, which we intentionally just have four voices of strings. So there's cello, viola, two violin. Nice. I had been shy of do the arrangements and he's so good. And he wrote everything in such an intricate way that things come in and then they kind of go away. They lift and they drop and they hold you for a moment and then they'll pull away. It's amazing. And it's all to try to get you to interact with, with the lyric and the vocal as a listener. So, you know, like I said, it's just, I've been learning a lot and I'm, I'm really glad that it's resonating. That's yeah. cool. And it actually, everything you just described feels like a heck of an analogy for life, you know, because... Often when I've got space in my calendar, I fill it, right? <laughs> I crowd it out with, mm -hmm. you know, coffee and hanging out with people or going to see some live music, all of which is good. It's not bad to have great production on an album and a lot right. of different layers, right? right? But I'm in a season right now where, where it's like the Lord really is tripping me bare. He's inviting me to be mm -hmm. just kind of raw mm -hmm. and even alone, in, in a sense, with, mm. with myself. That solitude is frightful. <laughs> you yeah, know what I mean? Right. But it's 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 like the desert fathers in the early church. It's the, it's only in that solitude that God can really be the 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 divine surgeon mm. of our hearts. Yeah. 
you know, and I think I'm terrified of silence and solitude most of the time because there's something I'm really struggling with that I don't want to deal with, you know? So in a way, the album is a, it's an invitation to that. Maybe it's even a stepping stone for people who are otherwise surrounded by noise, Mm -hmm. you know? But I think that's cool to hear that even as an artist, that's been a journey for you as well to, to allow for this album to be pretty stripped back. And as you said, raw, because frankly, that's where most of us are, hmm. if we're being honest with ourselves, yeah. stripped back and pretty raw, right. pretty broken, you know, the already, but the not yet, that tension is so real yeah. in us, you know? Yeah, it really is. In my case, what transformed me so radically was getting a real sense from the Lord that he was in the room with me. Yeah. And that he was present and he took me into his word in a new way into the scriptures and things just kind of came alive, almost Mm. like a neon, just illumination. Specifically the Psalms, which are huge for me in the last uh, number of years, just learning how to kind of pray in a new way and really go to the Lord in an honest sense. I mean, what you're talking about is is God's invitation to us to to be honest with ourselves. And I feel Mm. like when we go, when we go in with him, but when we go to the Psalms and when I go to the Psalms, I'll just speak about myself. Often I find the Lord sort of saying, uh-huh, and come on, what else? Yeah. Like he's inviting me to be even more honest than yeah. I showed up to be in the first place. Yeah. And I think that that within that honesty and that invitation, you start to realize that there are wide, and I mean wide margins mm. of of peace and grace for us. Yeah. That God yeah. has <clears throat> He has He has set the margins wide for us to come in, enter in right where we are. Not as we should be, but but as we are, and he's also constantly inviting us to himself, because he's he's done everything that needed to be done for us to do that. And man, is it good! You know, so a couple of weeks mm. ago, well, actually a couple months ago now, I had for over a year, I really felt prompted by by the Lord to have lunch with this friend of mine, and I just kept putting it off because I didn't want to do it. And I didn't really have a good reason to not want to do it. I just didn't want to do it. Mm. So I just avoided it. And months went by. And eventually I got tired of being nudged. And I, th- I said uh, to myself and to God, you know, okay, uh, fine. I'll just go ahead and text him, but he's not going to text me back. He's probably busy, blah, blah. Wouldn't you know it? As soon as I shot him a text, I mean, a minute later, he said, sure, let's get together tomorrow, blah, blah. So we had lunch and it was wonderful. Yeah, It was so good. It's good for him. Good for me. Beautiful conversation. You know, we weren't at odds, but there was just a lot of healing for me that came out of this conversation and, and, and same for him. And I was leaving, driving home in, in my car and I was praying and the Lord just spoke to me and said, you know, next time I ask you to do something, just go ahead and do it. Yeah. It's, you don't have to wait. It's good for you. I'm inviting you to good things. So I'm inviting you to myself. I'm yeah. inviting you to healing and wholeness. I'm not gonna, you know, hurt you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm inviting you to good things. And and I understand that you're afraid and you're scared, but but you don't need to be scared. So remember remember this in the future. Yeah. And I thought, yeah, you know, I'm not gonna wait so long, you know. So there is that invitation. And I think once you start tasting that, you um you realize it's not only it's not only good, it's 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 wonderful. Yeah. And all those fears get put in their proper perspective. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so that's been that's been a real a real good lesson, and I kept, feel like I kept learning that over and over again while working on these songs. You know? Yeah, I mean, even in your sharing that story, I, I formed at least one resolution of of a nudge that's <laughs> been repeated for a couple of months in my own life, where the Lord is inviting me. And there's a fear, I think, in all of us, and and a little bit of that 
insecurity that never really left us from middle school, right? Sure. And and the unknown and you know the, the the little things that don't seem necessary or don't even seem all those things you described, life giving, healing, you know, but the Lord really is out for our good. Oh, and he cares about everything. A couple of the lyrics, by the way. Mm that really like pull that out for me, especially on the single spirit. I will never leave you orphaned and alone. And then later on you say, I've I've got mercy for miles. For miles, right. You talk about those wide margins. Yeah, right. That's what I'm, yeah, exactly. So what's also really refreshing and perhaps we can kind of close with this, this thought, like artists, poets, musicians bring timeless truth, you know, and, and, and have a way of communicating it for me that feels completely fresh, hmm. you know, and new. And that's the other thing that really occurs to me is I, I can't imagine you're the, the person who's just coming out with these lyrics on the first try. Like I can tell there's a, there's a depth, there's an intentionality. You know, they say the best writing or the best writing happens really in rewriting. But I'm mostly curious, what is your creative process? You know, as you're honing in melodies and, and lyrics, where do you, at what point do you know you're done? Yeah, towards the end. And yeah. I don't mean that facetiously. Like sometimes you're going to mix a record and you're like, I don't know if this is all working. And then you hear it and, and then you realize, oh no, I, I'm just freaked out about everything. <laughs> um, you know, the process, you know, I heard a great interview with an artist named Joe Henry who is out in LA. He's a great folk singer, songwriter and producer. And he said, you know, the process is not fragile. Yeah. And he's right. I don't think that the creative process is fragile. I'm, I am a mess, all right? Yeah. I, I am not the process, thank God. I have all these insecurities, all these fears that, you know, middle school, I mean, you name it, right? You mentioned middle school. <laughs> My son is in middle school right now. My wife and I watched this video of, uh, of a, an adult acting like a middle schooler to illustrate what it's like to have a middle schooler this morning. And we laughed because <laughs> it's so true. And it, I also feel so sorry for my son who's 13 and- It's a rough time. Very man. much in middle school, right? Yeah. But the, the process is not fragile. So my, my, my creative process for this record looked a lot like this. I'd- I'd show up on Monday and work Monday to Friday, eight to three or four, take a break for lunch, you know, about an hour. I worked at this little chapel about six miles away from my house, a little Methodist chapel where there's nobody in there. It's a little country church. There was no Wi-Fi and no cell phone service there. So when I would show up there, I would just write. That's all that I I did. Brew coffee, eat my lunch and, and write. Wow. And I did that every day for a long, long time and nothing really good happened. You know, I mean, I was getting lyrical fragments, phrases, choruses, musical ideas. The music piece comes a lot easier for me. The lyrics and what I'm trying to say is uh, if I can move out of my own way, it's actually pretty good. But if, but that's most of my writing process is me just dealing with myself so that the writing can kind of come through. And then I try to edit that and make it well-crafted. So you know, it's a wrestling match, but but I don't think the process is fragile. So much of it is really not a mystery. You show up, you know, you've got something to work on that's worth showing up for, and then you work on it till it's mm. done. That being said, it's just such a roller coaster ride of of like self hatred yeah, <laughs> and like man. and then confessing that and you know trying again. And I remember when I sent the songs to Ben for him to write the string arrangements, I was afraid that he would text me and say, hey, I, I can't do anything with these. These are terrible. Wow. I'm really sorry. I mean, I just, that's the hole that I went down in, right? It's your seventh senior and, uh, project and that temptation's still there. Oh, sure. Yeah. yeah. Oh man. I'm Yeah. You get so just in your own head, yeah. which is just not helpful. 
But then Ben Ben called me on the phone. I missed the call and I called him back. He didn't answer. And I was like, oh no, oh no. And then he <laughs> shot me a text because I respect him so much and he's such a he's such a wonderful producer, but I've known him as a friend for quite a long time. Anyway, he said, um, hey, sorry, he texted me. Sorry, I missed your call. I got to do it in this meeting, but the songs are great, you know? It's going to be great. Everything's great. And yeah. I was like, oh, you know? Because I thought, I don't know what this is going to be like. So you yeah. just second guess yourself all the time. I was really benefited by going through some materials by this guy, Pat Patterson, mm. who wrote a book called Writing Better Lyrics mm. that I heard about from John Mayer, actually. Yeah, nice. Where he talks about, he reads this book once a year and I thought, well, shoot, you know, wow. I'm gonna check this out. A couple other friends of mine, Dave Barnes, who's a great songwriter here in town, also talked about the book. So I got it. And there are lyric writing exercises in there that are really just aimed at dispelling and quieting a lot of those voices I just talked about. Mm. And I really benefited from those. Mm. And so, you know, but for the most part, what I did on this project that I learned the most from was I just listened. I did a whole lot of listening and I took naps. I took like 45 minute naps in the church and I just sleep in the pew. Yeah, I was really, I know that sounds strange, but I was really just trying to get completely outside of my own will in the sense of over indulging myself and just kind of making it so focused on me. I really wanted to try to honor what the Lord has done for me yeah. and his kindness to me. And so as a result, I mean, I've never had so much of a positive feedback and an overwhelming response from people listening to the record. So that's really a great lesson for me. It's yeah. a humbling lesson. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I... I, I I just want to make another one, you know, keep growing as a writer. I love yeah. writing, but it's a process. The process isn't fragile. I'm a mess. Let's pray. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty much my Amen. creative process, you know? Yeah. And, and to know that it's never done, you know, that we're never done growing, even as creatives. Oh, no, never. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Kevin Twitt, who's a pastor here in town, yeah. he lives just up the block from here, actually. He says, you know, if we ever get over our need for the gospel, we are in deep weeds. Yeah, man. And I think, the same with the creative life. If we're if we're if we're ever done growing, then time to retire. Check your pulse. Yep. Yeah, because to be done. that's a scary place to be. Yeah, and not a true place to be. Yeah. You know? So well, Jeremy, it is such a privilege to get to introduce you to our patrons, to our listeners. Oh, thank you for having um, me. There's obviously a lot cool. of ways we can be tracking you right now: social media, Spotify. Yeah. What's the best ways to be following Jeremy Casella? Yeah. Right now? You can check me out on my website, which is just jeremycasella.com, Spotify, I'm on Apple Music, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, mostly Instagram these days. Yep. I'm trying to kind of focus on one stream. Oh, man. But uh yeah. speaking of being distracted, you know. Whew. And so so yeah, I'm out there. You can find me in the digital world. It's awesome, man. Well, thanks a ton for coming in. Thanks it's for a great joy. Me. I'm looking forward to seeing all that comes. And everybody go to Spotify, Apple Music, wherever digital music is streamed and found and be listening to Spirit. Now is a great time because we want to be boosting it as much as we can, getting it onto as many, I'm sure, playlists and everything else because it is an amazing, amazing record. Oh, thank you, brother. And uh, y'all, now is the time. So get out there. And Jeremy, thanks again for coming in. We'll do this again Thank sometime. you. Yeah, I'd love it. Thank you, man. Peace. If I could get you alone I'm gonna show you Love stronger than death As fierce as the grave and the fire that flashes A sacred desire For many waters Won't wash it 
If you're anything like me, you feel like you just came off of a mini retreat, you know, like what an incredible deep well of an artist, uh, of a believer Jeremy Casella really is. So thanks for being a part of that conversation and obviously for going out and supporting his brand new project, Spirit. I think you are going to love it. And anything you can do to share it with family, with friends, it makes all the difference in the world, especially for an independent artist like Jeremy. Even though he's been in the game for 20 years making music, every little bit goes a long way to making his career, you know, not only sustainable, but successful and something that can really be a blessing for a lot of different people. By the way, if you are on Spotify and you haven't yet checked out our playlists. Not only is Jeremy featured on one of them right now called Wounded by Beauty, we've also got a Christmas playlist called Tis the Season. All right, if you don't know how to find these on Spotify, typically you just type in Love Good and they'll pop up. But you can also go to lovegoodculture.com slash Spotify and see any number of our playlists that are genre or mood specific and very much curated with the truth, beauty, and goodness of what it really means to be human in mind. So we love you guys. Hope you are continuing to have an amazing month of December. It's my birthday this week. It's my dad's birthday this week. It's a great week for birthdays. And I'm very much on the road right now. So hopefully I'm seeing some of you guys in and around Indianapolis, Indiana, Phoenix, Arizona, and some other cool spots that I'll be hitting. And uh, cannot wait to see you next week. I'll be sitting down with Dr. Ryan Hanning, one of our regular contributors. It's gonna be another high level conversation with a, a real gentleman, scholar, husband, father, and homesteader, Dr. Ryan Henning. So we'll see you next week. Peace. Thanks for tuning in to the Love Good Podcast. Tell your friends all about us. Follow us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts and join our movement today by subscribing as a patron at joinlovegood.com. Start enjoying our exclusive content and seasonal packages that will raise your standard for music, books, and art and inspire you to build a better culture. We can't wait to accompany you as you change the world.